Dear God, it is such an honor to stand before your people to deliver the words of life. I ask in the name of Jesus, help me to speak, dear God, with humility, selflessness. Let my driving desire be your glory and the blessing of your people. Let the spirit of truth possess my mind. Let me be spirit-possessed, giving me the words to say, the thoughts, the very sequence of thoughts. And let that same spirit take my words and make them comprehensible to those for whom Christ shed his blood. Please, dear God, bless every other session going on now on these grounds. In Jesus' name I pray, let God's people say, Amen and Amen. Genesis 1, let's read from verse 14. Our subject, a place in the sun. Genesis 1, reading from verse 14. Have you found Genesis? All right. Chapter 1, verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. All right. We reread that microscopically. We want to identify something. And God said what? Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven. Keep reading. To divide the day from the night. Go on. Let them be for signs and now. To divide the day from the night. What's that? Think. No. Well, you're right, but that's not what I want. Listen. Listen. Listen carefully. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. What's that? Let them be for signs and for seasons. What's that? I need to go up higher. I'm sure you'll get it. Now, God made the sun, the moon, and stars. Are you with me? They're over there in the sky. To divide the day from the night. What's that? That's the sun. To divide, why is the sun there? To divide the day from the night. What is that? Purpose. The purpose. Why God made the sun he gave them several purposes to divide the day from the night let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth those were the purposes for which god made the sun the moon and the stars let's examine that passage closely where's the sun now come on don't this is being recorded. People will listen to audio verse and they'll wonder what's wrong with you. Where is the sun? In the heaven, yeah. Where are the stars? Where's the moon? Okay, or heaven. Now. But where does it give light? Yeah. How far is the earth from the sun? 93 million miles. How far is the moon from the earth? 200, yes, somewhere in that neighborhood. And the stars may be even further. God said, let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. Now, why was the sun made? Where? 
So one of the reasons the sun was made was to serve the needs of the earth. Not itself. Are you with me? Not itself. The Bible doesn't say let there be lights to look pretty and that's it. Mm -mm. To serve the earth. Everything has a purpose. To serve something else. Now this mentality is foreign to the world because people exist to serve themselves. In God's system, everything exists to serve something else. What did you say? Other-centered. Now, I gave you a quotation from Ellen White earlier today. I'll give it again. Desire of Ages, page 20, paragraph 2. Let me come down now. There is nothing save the selfish heart of man that lives unto itself. No bird that cleaves the air, nor animal that moves upon the ground, but ministers to some other life. There is no leaf of the forest or lowly blade of grass, but has its ministry. Every tree and shrub and leaf pours forth that element of life without which neither man nor animal could live. And man and animal in turn minister to the life of tree and shrub and leaf. The flowers breathe fragrance and unfold their beauty in blessing to the world. The sun sheds its light to gladden a thousand worlds. The ocean, itself the source of all our springs and fountains, receives the streams from every land but takes to give. The mists ascending from its bosom fall in showers to water the earth that it may bring forth and bud. I've done a lot of reading in my life. Outside of the Bible, I have not found a more powerful uh, paragraph in all the famous writers than this one. The essence of that statement, everything exists for the sake of something else. That's the way heaven functions. Now, Where's Laura? He's studying nursing. Where's the doctor who's over here? He's gone. Oh, you switched positions. All right. Where's the uh, theology student who's right up front? She's gone. Now, you must study medicine for somebody else's benefit. And nobody said amen. <laughs> but I'm becoming accustomed to that. Let me say it again anyway. You must study medicine for somebody else's benefit. Amen. Now someone may say, but what about me? What about you? Should you be the best doctor you can? What's the answer? Yes, why? For somebody else's benefit. Should I get a PhD? Fine. Why? Not so people can call you doctor and whatever, but for somebody else's benefit. Should I memorize God's word and have it in my, at the tip of my lips? Yes. For my glory. No. Why? For the blessing of those to whom the preacher speaks. Amen. Only the carnal mind exists for itself. Because we have this carnal mind, we feel if I exist for someone else, I'll just I'll amount to nothing. Mm -mm. That becomes a very foundation stone for God to lift you up high. Because then you're functioning like God. God put you on the earth 
for somebody else's sake. His first, and then those whom he loves. Go to Jeremiah 1, reading from verse 4. Our subject, a place in the sun. Every one of us has been given a place in the sun that we may cast light upon the earth. And the earth may be one individual in your family, in your neighborhood. Jeremiah 1, reading from verse 4. Have you found it? All right. Do you have my version? What's my version? What does it say? Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying what? Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I did what? Ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. In other words, before Jeremiah was born, before he was conceived, God had a purpose for his life. And the purpose was preach to the nations. God has a purpose for every life. No two snowflakes are alike. Now I know about snow. I live in Michigan. No two are alike, but all are six-sided. Are you with me? Every snowflake is six. What's that? Hexagonal? It is six-sided, but no two are alike. You know how many snowflakes fall in a, in a blizzard? Now, I'm not a scientist, but based on that, I have concluded that no two cells in the body are exactly alike. But I have no evidence. But that, that's the way God is. No, you see, no two leaves are alike. No two human beings have the same fingerprint. So I have concluded, without any experiment, no two cells in the body are precisely alike. That's my theory. Someone can study it and let me know the results. If I'm wrong, I'll, I'll repent. Now, listen to Ellen White. Manuscript releases, volume 14, page 205, paragraph 4. What did I just say? All right, that was one person. What did she just say? <laughs> Manuscript releases, volume 14, two of these and one of these. Page 205, paragraph 4. Listen carefully, very brief. To each human being, God has assigned an individuality and a distinct work. How many people are on the earth? Seven billion. How many have lived since Adam? Each one was different from the other by God's plan. Listen again. To each human being, God has assigned an individual. That's why parents, you must never tell one child, why can't you be like your big brother? Never do that. He's different. By God's grace. An individuality and a distinct work. Now God may call 12 men to be 12 preachers. He calls them to be 12 different preachers. Christian service, page 9, paragraph 3. A distinct work is assigned to every Christian. Then what should my question be? What is my work? Why am I here? Where is my place? In the sun. Until you find that, the life is not as fulfilling 
as God desires it to be until you find that. The tragedy is most people go through life, never find it. Now they have, they have money, nice houses, but never find God's specific purpose for them. What's the second question? Well, that's the first question. What's my purpose? What's the second question? How can I find it? How can I find it? Now, there are some general principles in pursuit of this specific purpose God has for you. Principle number one. 1 Corinthians 10.31. You don't have to go there. Just say it. Come on. You're taking too long. Say it. 10.31. Yes. What does it say? It's almost lunchtime. Hurry up. What does it say? <laughs> Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, including your specific purpose. Finish the verse. Ah, now you don't know what it is, but what desire do you have in mind? All for the glory of God. You are driven by that. You don't know the purpose yet. And sometimes God does not reveal it because we're not ready. Are you with me? We're not ready. Now, the readiness of mind is, whatever I do, I am thinking of God's glory. Amen. A few years ago, you may have heard me tell this in my sermons, I started asking God how to dress. Specifically, what tie to wear? What shirt to wear? What socks to wear? I'm being honest. Since I began doing that, people have said things to me about how I look. And I, I consider myself to be a plainly dressed person. I was on a plane uh, last year, this year, sometime, I don't remember, because I live on planes. And uh, we got out of the plane, we landed somewhere, and we were waiting plane side to get our, you know, the luggage you get just before you board, then you get it back on the, 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 uh, the get, the jetway, yes, yes, yes. So we're waiting, this man came to me, he said, uh, are you a movie star? <laughs> So I want to say I'm Denzel Washington, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say that. I'm Will Smith, but I didn't say that. He said, are you a movie star? I said, no. He said, are you a politician? I said, no. He said, why do you ask? He said, you're so nicely dressed. I said, okay, thanks. He said, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. He said, what church? Seventh-day Adventist church. There was a lady standing right next to me listening to this. She said, oh, you're an Adventist? I said, yes. She said, I'm one. I said, oh, she said, I work for 3ABN. <laughs> She's one of the ladies who do kids' time and, uh, you know, the three sisters. Sat right next to me. And I said to myself, Father, I just plainly dress. But when you try to please God, the Lord puts something in people's eyes. Are you with me? That they see something. I was in South Africa, a country I love. I was doing a crusade on the campus. I was being driven by my friend, the driver. So I told him, let's pull into this little convenience store. I need some juice and some chewing gum. A friend of mine said, you can always tell Americans abroad, they're always chewing gum. <laughs> so I, uh, we pulled in and I went to one of two little stores that were there in the gas station. I went to the first one. I said, do you have juice? He said, uh, yes. She went to get it. And I noticed she went right where the liquor is. So when she brought the juice, I said, uh, is that juice? You, brought, you got it from the liquor section. She said, I would never give you alcohol. I said, why not? She said, you're a preacher. I said, how do you know that? She said, you look like one. 
I said, okay. I left that store, walked 10 steps to the next one because she had no gum. The guy said, come in, Bishop. <laughs> come in, Bishop. I said, why do you call me that? He said, but it's obvious to me you're a preacher. I said, okay. Another occasion, I was living in South Africa. I went to immigration to show my passport. There are two places you show the passport, then you have to check out your uh, departure card or something. The first place I went, the guy says, uh, come, mfundis. That's a, a word in South Africa for preacher, mfundis. I said, why do you call me that? He said, but you look like a preacher. I said, okay. I went to the next guy to check the departure card. He said, come, preacher, come. Now, he hadn't heard my first interaction. I said, why do you call me that? He said, but the anointing is all over you. I said, Lord, is this what happens when I ask you how to dress? I was leaving Nigeria, walking into the uh, airport with my bag, looking very serious like the book of Lamentations. <laughs> and, uh, and, this guy, <laughs> and this fellow, he saw me coming. He said, come, Bishop, come. He said, why do you call me that? He said, but you look like a preacher. He took off his hat. He said, bless me. <laughs> so I blessed him. <laughs> he said, bless me. I blessed him. <laughs> I left. I was on a plane. <laughs> All the sins I began praying what to wear. I was on a plane. This lady looked at me. <laughs> she said, preacher. I said, why do you say that? The way you look. Mm-hmm. I was coming through customs at uh, L.A., I think, coming back from the Philippines, actually. And the customs officer looked at me. He said, uh, professor or preacher? I said, preacher. He said, okay. On another occasion, I was coming through customs. The customs officer looked at me. He said, uh, preacher. He said, lawyer. I said, preacher. He said, oh, the opposite. <laughs> I said, <laughs> he said what am I trying to tell you? When I began asking God, what? No, I literally stand with ties. I said, Lord, which one should I wear? And sometimes he tells me that one and I don't agree. I said, Father, you, are you sure? <laughs> no, I don't like this one, but okay, that's a conviction. I wear it. Or do you really want me to wear that suit? Yes. I am saying to you, think of God. Let me talk to the ladies. Ladies, I want you to love me after you hear what I have to say. <laughs> if you pray to God and ask him, what should I wear? You'll dress differently. Mm -hmm. Because he'll tell you. He'll impress you. Don't wear that, my daughter. Or he may say, you need a brand new wardrobe. Go to Walmart and buy some new stuff. <laughs> Whether, therefore, I was coming into Los Angeles, uh, I came in a few years ago, I had to speak at an Indonesian church, don't remember the church. The pastor picked me up, he said, are you hungry? I said, yes, we went to a restaurant. We sat down, the lady brought the menus, so we chose, and you know, he chose, I chose. There was no collaboration between us, we chose. When the waitress came to check our, she said, are you vegetarians? <laughs> now, if we'd chosen meat, she would never have said, are you carnivores? She would never have said that. She said, are you vegetarians? We said, yes. She said, I want to be a vegetarian, but I can't. I told the pastor, that is a cry for help. Get the book, Councils on Dads and Foods. Let the whole church board sign it. Come back and give it to him. I don't know if he ever did. 
But because of the way we chose, she received a testimony. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do. Finish the verse. Young lady spoke to me yesterday. Pastor, I want a child. She may be here, I don't know. I said, is that God's will? She looked at me. Nice young lady. Does God want you to have one? You can die in childbirth. The child can be born with Down syndrome. A hole in the heart. Some genetic defect. Is it God's will? She looked at me. Then we prayed. Is it for the glory of God must be the question we ask about everything. Yes, it sounds extreme. We're talking about identifying my place in the sun. First question, I want to glorify God, whatever his calling for me is. Now, some counsel from Ellen White. Education, page 267, paragraph 3. What did I say? Page, paragraph 3. All right. Have you written it down? Listen carefully. We need to follow more closely God's plan of life. What is she saying about God? He has a plan for your life. Now, God's plans are detailed. Give me some details about the plan of salvation. Quickly. Who was to come to die? That's part of the plan. When would he come? When the fullness of time had come. Are you with me? In what tribe would he come? Judah. In what city would he be born? Where would he run for safety from Herod? Who would be his mother? Tell me something about her. A virgin. He would be a Nazareth. Yes. All those details were in the plan of salvation. Now, you see, God is a God of detail. He has a similarly detailed plan for your life. Here's the work you do. Here's where you do it. For how long before I relocate you? Here's the person I'd like you to marry. Here's where I'd like you to live. Did God have a specific place for the Israelites when they left Egypt? Yes. You read Genesis 15. He has the boundaries. From the river Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. The Kenites, the Kenazites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, Perizzites, Rephaim. He has all the boundaries. Specific place. God has a detailed plan for your personal life. We need to follow more closely God's plan of life. Then she says three things. Jot them down. One, to do our best in the work that lies nearest. What does that mean? What does that mean? Whatever you're doing now. While you're searching for your purpose, how should you do it? Your best. Because God is watching you. So when he reveals his specific plan, he was putting you in that plan, having seen you develop the habit of excellent work. It's tragic not to know God's plan 
it may be twice as tragic to know it and do it badly. Do our best in the work that lies nearest. Number two, to commit our ways to God. What does that mean? Be more specific. Commit our ways to God. What does that mean? Say that again. Address him about everything. What did we say for the earlier session? A partnership with God. Every aspect of the life. Financial, romantic, social, professional, family. Commit your ways to God. Father, I want to join the gym. Should I join LA Fitness, Planet Fitness, Anytime Fitness, as a club is called in my town, you know, or Adventist Fitness. Which one should I join? Literally. Because the Lord may know there's a man going to LA Fitness who needs the truth. Go join that one. Do not assume anything except that God loves you. Ask God. Yes, use your mind, but ask him. And so commit your ways to God. That's number two. Number three, watch for the indications of his providence. Put that in simple English. What is she saying? Observe. Looking for what? Looking for what? Opportunities. Listen to her words. Watch for the indications of his providence. What is she saying? Signs that what? God is leading you. God is moving. You know, many years ago, my wife and I were looking for a house to buy. We'd pray, we looked. We went to this place, sat down with this man, nice gray-haired man. He talked to us. And uh, we got up to leave. He came to the door. He said, you should think about a house. We said, fine. You know, we walked away. He came out the step <laughs> to the pathway. You should really give us a second look. I said, fine. Then he walked behind us. And the Spirit said, that man is talking to you. I am talking to you get that house but in order to watch for the you must know what you're looking for are you following me now what is it that gives you the eyesight to recognize the providence of god this mm -hmm. if you don't study this god will walk right by you you won't recognize him now, Jesus told the disciples, I will go to Jerusalem, suffer many things, I will die, after three days I'll rise again. He said that in Mark chapter 8.33, Mark chapter 9.33, or Mark 8.31, Mark 9.31, Mark 10.33-34. He said it over and over. The disciples never believed him. Now, the Bible says, and as they thus spoke, uh, Luke 24.36 and onward, Jesus himself, hmm? that's emphatic, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, supposing they had seen a spirit. Now, the Bible says Jesus himself. <laughs> but what did they think they saw? A ghost. Why? They did not live by thus saith the Lord. So when otherwise says, watch for the indications of his providence. If they had believed him when he said, I'll rise again, their eyes would have been conditioned by the word of God and they would have recognized Jesus immediately. Let me say it again. God walks past people every day. They never recognize him. Because they're not looking through the lens of the word of God. This is what qualifies us to recognize the leading and the moving and the providences of God. And so the three things she says... Do your best in the work that lies nearest. 
maybe raising your children, you work at a 7-Eleven, you work for the church, you're the janitor at the church, do your best, except it's crime, do your best. Two, commit our ways or your ways to God. All of them, and that has to be daily. The third thing she says, watch. Now, someone who's watching is what? Alert. Alert. You know how many sleepy Christians there in the church? Someone watching. Now, when I was walking back and forth, and I love God, I trust God, but I keep watch out, an eye out for mountain lions. <laughs> they live in the tent. So I am meditating, but I'm looking around. And then what's the distance between me and the tent if I see a mountain lion? So I'm watching. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm watching. Watch, the Bible says. We have to be alert. Because if you're not alert, something will pass you by. And you won't see it. Many times I go to a restaurant, I sit and to eat myself or someone. Someone in, on the table next to me gets up and goes. I never see the person move. I just see the table empty. And I'm sitting right there. Because I'm not focusing on the person. I'm focusing on you know, that spinach and whatever else. That's what I'm focusing on. The person gets up, goes, I never see. Because I'm watching something else. We have to be alert in order to identify this. In John chapter 12 from verse 27, the Bible says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Jesus says, a voice said, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said, it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. Jesus alone recognized it was the voice of God. So you can't trust your senses. Because in Luke 24, verse 36 onward, they saw Jesus and thought they saw what? A spirit. In John 12, the voice of God was heard. People said, that's thunder. So the eyes can deceive you and the ear can deceive you. What does not deceive? The word of God. There are people who walk this earth saying they're Jesus. And people follow them. Bible-believing Christians follow them. Here's what the Bible says. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be what? Caught up with them where? In the cl- to meet the Lord in the air. Which means when Christ comes the second time, he does not do what? Touch the earth. If you believe that, no matter how many miracles a man is performing with his feet on the ground, that's not Jesus. The devil can perform miracles with his feet on or off the ground. A place in the sun. God has a place for you. A place for your life. By the way, the work God has called you to do, no one else can do. Because no one else is you. Let me reason differently. Everyone is unique, right or wrong. Yes, that's how God made us. Then you can't do my work. You can do a work similar to mine. 
you cannot do my work because you're not me. We're, we're different by God's arrangement. So that we leave gaps. We leave uh, deficits in God's system when we do not do what we've been put on this earth to do. Because no one else can do your work. When Stephen died, Paul was converted. Paul did not do Stephen's work. Paul did his work. Let me say it again. No one can do the work God has called you to do. Because God does not engage in cloning. God is a God of individuality and uniqueness. And so God has a place in the sun for your life. He has a purpose. Ask him to assist you in discovering that purpose. You see, that path is the path with the greatest blessings from God. Now, some people follow another path. God does not leave us, but the blessings are not as great. Will Samson be in heaven, yes or no? Yes. He's mentioned in uh, Hebrews 11. Was that the path God had for him? No. Sleeping with prostitutes? No. But he'd be saved. If he had followed God's prescribed path, uh, the blessing Samson would have been to the Israelites. God's name magnified among the Philistines and the enemies. But he chose a different path. God did not abandon him, but God could not give him the same blessings. The uh, path that God has designed for you is the path with the greatest blessings. Any other path, you're still blessed, but they are not of the same volume, magnitude, or quality. You know, God, God's ideal is stay together. Sin made divorce necessary. Are you listening to me? Well, say yes or no. Let me say it again. God's ideal for a couple is what? Stay together. Because of sin, the hardness of your heart, God allowed what? Divorce. Ideal is at this level. What is allowed is at that level. Are you following me? Before there was sin, what did people eat? Don't take so long. What did they eat? Plant-based diet. Now that's ideal. In the new world, what will people eat? Plant-based diet. Why was meat eating allowed? The flood. Why did the flood come? Sin. Because of sin, meat is allowed. Meat is allowed. Plant-based is ideal. That's it. The greater blessings come with the ideal. Fewer blessings come with what is allowed. When you send your children to school, do you want them to just shoot for what is allowed or what is ideal? What do you want them to get? A's, right or wrong? Yes. Not scrap by with 51 out of 100. Who wants that doctor to work on him? Not me. Are you with me, professor? Every class, 51 out of 100. The basic... That's allowed. The ideal is 100. If I am having brain surgery, I want the surgeon who got 101. Are you following me? In every class. Who knows the details of the mind? Knows all the blood vessels where they run. And the nerves. You work on me. Not the guy who always asking the church to pray for him to pass exams. So I, we want. <laughs> God is good. <laughs> we want ideal. Somebody say amen. 
let's stop shooting for allowed. Now God's original plan for your life, that's ideal. When we mess up, go our own way, God stays with us. But now that's just allowed. And the level of quality is different. God has a place in the sun for you. Read the passage from Education 267, paragraph 3. I'll recite it one more time. We need to follow more closely God's plan of life. To do our best in the work that lies nearest. To commit our ways to God. To watch for the indications of His providence. Here's how it ends. These are rules that ensure safe guidance in the choice of an occupation. Safe guidance in the choice of an occupation. People ask me, why do you travel so much? Always on planes. Because I know I am in the path God has laid out for me. You live under a tree. Happiness is a combination of existence and purpose working together. Why was Jeremiah given life? To be a prophet of the nation. Mm -hmm. Even though he suffered, he lived a fulfilling life. Purpose and existence together, that is the blessed life. Did Jesus suffer, yes or no? Did he have a home? No. He had breakfast at your house, lunch at yours, dinner at yours. But did he fulfill his father's purpose? Yes. As a result, millions will be in the kingdom. Because Jesus occupied the place in the sun. Listed in Matthew 1, 21. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Finish the verse. For he shall save his people. God put you on the earth to be a blessing to somebody else. One Bible verse, and I finish. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, Genesis 12 from verse 1, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. Finish the verse. And in thee, Come on, finish the verse. Shall all families of the earth be blessed because of you? So Abraham was called not for his sake, but for the sake of the surrounding nations. Now, but was Abraham blessed? Yes. Because when God said, come, he went and he followed a path in the sun that God laid out for him. God said, you will be a blessing to the nations. You must be a blessing in the office where you work. You as a student must be a blessing at that medical school. Your home should be a blessing to the community where you live. How many of you will say, Lord, help me to find my place in the sun. May I see your right hand. Are you serious? A lot of people go through life. They have just enough money. They have a home, enough food, enough clothes, gas in the car. And they live that way and they die. No excitement. No excitement. I saw God move. Until you see God move, you have nothing to talk about. Atheists have enough money. They have gas for the car. 
They have food. <laughs> they have clothes. What's the difference? In your life, you must see God move. Because God loves to be seen moving. Then he gets the praise. Are you following me? You must see this is God. This is God. And you see God most clearly and most frequently when you are in the path for which he has given you life. I've often said, to live a life different from the one God gave you is to live a fraudulent life. It's as if I give you $100, go buy me a carburetor, and you bring me back a, you know, a tire. How did you spend my money? Fraudulently. Many people are living lives fraudulently because they're not living them the way God wants the lives lived. But God is always by the pursuit of the Holy Ghost trying to turn them around. And even if for the last five years of your life you discover God's purpose, walk it because he will, he will uh, restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Are you following me? It's never too late to say, God, have one week to live. Let me do what you originally intended in so far as is possible. I ask you again, how many will say, Father, help me to find my place in the sun. Can I see your right hand? Stand up with me. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Our Father in heaven, if I have spoken badly, forgive me, dear God. I genuinely desire that those who heard the words would seek your will for their lives. It is the most blessed way to live living, walking in the path you've laid out for a man or a woman, a boy or a girl. It applies to all ages. When a person reaches the age of the knowledge of good and evil, that person should seek what is my purpose in this life. Father in heaven, you have a place in the sun, the sun of righteousness for every one of us. In the name of Jesus who fulfilled his place and did it faithfully, in his name, dear God, assist us as we seek that place you have ordained for us that no one else can fill. Father in heaven, as we seek that place, help us to be faithful in whatever we're doing now so that you may fit us for full and faithful service when you reveal that place for us. Bless every man, woman, boy, and girl. Forgive us, dear God, for just living ordinary lives. Give us a desire for the exciting life of walking in the path of God. Bless the remainder of today's activities, I pray. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Enjoy the remaining activities. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.